0: From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey
1: everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in today, go down, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We do love those and they help a ton they do, that's a free way of kind of helping us out. Another way of helping us out is to help our sponsors. So first of all, Dr. Dish, if you're thinking of, of getting a, a team that wants to shoot the ball better and consistently put that, that round ball into that cylinder, uh, check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking to talk to me on a regular basis, right, James? Uh, then you can uh, you can become a teachhoops.com member. and we'll, we'll, I'll put you on the bad phone and we'll take care of your your specific needs. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So I've, I've been telling all the coaches that have been on in the last month. I'm not sure when yours is going to go up, Coach. Um, th- this this COVID thing has allowed me to get a lot of interviews. <laughs> so I've been busy, yeah. which is good. Uh, but it's going to allow me to get a lot of in, uh, interviews. So um, I'm going to, Coach, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Um, uh, tell us who you are. Tell us kind of your basketball journey. Um it's a very intriguing to me. So I have lots of questions. It's, um, we're doing this right now on a Sunday It's 7 19 AM where I am. What time is it where you are? It's uh two 19, two 19. Yeah. So that's crazy to me anyway. Uh, so it's good. I'm glad it worked out as far as getting, I, th- I, I thought it was later than that. That's perfect. Okay. Um, so, uh, So go ahead, coach, introduce yourself, kind of tell your, and I want you to go through your basketball journey, kind of tell us, you know, don't go back to when I was two years old playing at the playground, but kind of go back if if you played and and how we got to the point where we're sitting here talking
2: right now. So I'm
1: going to turn it over to you.
2: Okay, pretty cool. Uh, So yeah, my name is Nabil Murad. Um, I'm originally from Ireland. Um, I grew up there and that's kind of where I started my coaching career. Uh, It started as a result of me starting to play basketball at about 17, 18 and not really being at the level that I needed to be to make any team. So as a result, um, we kind of set up our own team and inevitably I ended up being a player coach, which was not fun because I knew nothing about the sport other than watching Coach Carter and Glory Road. So um, all I knew was to the baseline. Um, good, good movies good movies Those yeah, bad. really no, good not a bad starting point yeah <laughs> um, so yeah as as i i guess progressed there i wanted to become a better coach and i wanted to become a little bit more knowledgeable especially working with people that you know um knew more about the sport than me so all my all the players i was coaching knew more and uh, as a result i guess from not having a young basketball background i saw the game a little bit differently And I'm not sure if that's exactly it, but I felt like I got a lot of opportunities uh, to progress quite rapidly. Um, I ended up coaching media's basketball at the Women's Super League, which is the highest league in women's basketball in Ireland. And then I got an opportunity to coach as an assistant coach with the Irish under-16 national team. And just one thing led to another. Um, You know, uh, the year after I finished with the Irish national team, I managed to get an uh, opportunity to coach at Bishop O'Connell High School in Washington, D.C., which was great. Oh, I mean, um, it's one of the – oh, yeah. So who are you under at Bishop O'Connell? Oh, Coach Joe Wooten, fantastic yes. coach. And, and what were the years that you were coaching there? 2013, 2015. Mellow Trimble. So
1: we beat uh, you. I, oh, my God, I coached against you, Coach. What a small world. Who are you coaching? I coach at Madison Memorial. We beat you in the uh, uh, beach ball classic. Oh, my god that that is a small world isn't that a small world? yeah, coach that's, was that's not amazing. happy. His wife was definitely not happy. you sorry, coach <laughs> Wooden.
2: no no it's it um <laughs> yeah coach Wooten, Charlin. I mean great people, and yeah, we put up so you. here
1: so okay, so let's talk about bird walking. We talked about bird walking before we started, but anyway, uh, so what a small world that's oh my gosh, anyway, so. I, that was a good we should god we should have won in that semis too anyway um <laughs> we put i put Dereese fountain on trimble and he did and now you, he drew is an nfl football player so that's about all that could stop trimble to be honest with you but um oh yeah we had oh man i had i think i had two d i mean i, I daryl and i had, sharif, I, had a, I had a little point guard i had uh sharif and i had a Daryl, big guy, and they both played D. Well, yeah, that was a great game. That was a great game. That was a big win yeah. for us. Yeah, you're bringing back memories that are that are good for you right now, and not so much for, for me right now. Um, Coach was not happy too. I just remember him not being like, "Who are these people from Wisconsin? What are you doing?" Like we got, hoop. we can hoop, we can hoop. The Trimble yeah. was yeah. We we basically spent 24 hours figuring out how to stop him. And we, okay. that was, that was our, we just were going to stop him. We were going to make other people beat us. And we did a pretty okay. good job. And when you put a 6'4 wide receiver NFL athlete on him, it was harder for him to score because,
2: you know, um, yeah. Oh, wow. What a small world. So, yeah, Melo Trimble, great talent. Um, like, yeah, it was, it was great. Where is he Some, you know, doing now? What's
1: he doing now? Is he playing overseas? Um,
2: last I heard, he signed a contract overseas. I think somewhere in Europe. I'm okay. not 100% sure where he's yeah. at right now, but I think yeah. it's somewhere in Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Wow. Okay, go Thanks ahead. I'm sorry. That, 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 no, I,
1: I didn't mean to bring up bad war wounds. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so, yeah, uh, finishing up at Bishop O'Connell, I came back to Ireland and I got the chance to be the head coach of the Irish under-16 men's national team, competed at the European Championships, which was a great experience. Again, just meeting a lot of great like-minded coaches. And then... I went to the UK and I coached at Leicester uh, basketball club, the College Academy. So I spent a season there working with the youth side and um, being the sports psychologist and the youth coach. Um, From there, I came back to Ireland, finished my master's in sports uh, sports, uh, sports and exercise psychology and then I got an opportunity to come out here to Austria and coach at Munden Swans. And I'm now the youth coordinator, youth development coach here uh, at Swans. So this is me going into my third year. So, I mean, that's me kind of <laughs> running through the different, I guess, journey. But, yeah, that's, it's, been, it's been a great experience. It's been a great journey for me. And I think I'm just getting started.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that. So uh, what's, the, what's the plans moving forward?
2: Um, At the moment, well, get past COVID, but um, we've kind of laid out how we want to, you know, so the the club over here has, in the last 10 years, dropped down in terms of youth development. So our plan is, over the next 10 years, to build us back up to where we need to be. We want to develop our own players. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the club structure in Europe, but uh, yeah. So we want to develop our own players to come up through our pathway and go into our pro team Right. which obviously would help financially and we don't need to rely on bringing imports all the time mm-hmm. uh so we're doing we're doing we're doing the right things now to get there but it is going to be a process and it's going to take us some time to get there again. oh it's a long
1: that's a, it's like building a program anywhere it's a long-term process especially 100 yeah. percent. yeah you yeah. gotta because you got to start <laughs> yeah you want to build your own building your own are the best to be honest with yeah. you yeah that's like yeah
2: it makes sense because you know that's like and it's no disrespect to anybody you, you can get a lot of different uh, mentalities, different uh, points of views, and you, you can get people to contribute coming from abroad. But at the same time, if we're talking about being consistent and sustainable, you gotta develop from within, and obviously then that will help basketball in Europe, basketball in Austria, so on and so forth.
1: Right, and the thing is, um, the the like you said, the the new world that might not be people. I mean, I can't even go to Canada if I want to go to Canada, so let alone Austria. I mean, I right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's, maybe it's forcing your hand a little bit too. It's like you, people aren't going to be getting people in, anybody. So
2: A little bit. And and just, just to add on that, we actually had four professionals last season. But looking at this season, we're only going to bring in, uh, well, four professionals, I mean four guys who came in from abroad. And right. looking at this season, we're just bringing in one guy. Um, and just to add with the COVID, I guess the change, one of the other changes is happening is that if you're a versatile player, all of a sudden your stock's gone up. Right. We can't afford to bring in one specialist. We got to right. bring in a multiple. Versus yeah exactly so um yeah so you can tell you can tell users. okay
1: so that that's talk about so you can tell you're in europe because your ambulances sound different than our ambulances no yeah, i love that so loud. I always it's so love. Loud. they are so loud but they're but it's a different like everybody that's listening in, in in north america knows that that's in i mean they're just different sounds it's crazy it's like it makes me think of london to be honest with you or okay. times when i've traveled it's like it's a, it's not a bad i mean. It's a bad noise for somebody because it's going somewhere yeah. but for yeah. for when you're when when you're from the from north america when you go into europe that sounds just like that sound brings back good memories for me because okay. it's like <laughs> you no, know, it's like because i remember i spent like um i spent the after my first year teaching i spent there it goes again i spent um and i don't edit this so we just leave it i don't care uh we um i spent the first summer after my first year teaching with my brother backpacking around Europe. It was the best thing ever. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. We had so much fun. Uh, we were going to bring, I go? was actually going to bring my kids this this summer actually, but the world ended. So then we have to postpone it for a while. All right. So why don't we go through your, uh, why don't we go through, can share your screen coach and we'll go through your thing. And then I've got tons of, I don't have as many European questions because I think I figure out the club system now.
2: Um, okay. <laughs> So, um, right. Okay. I'm just going to go through this, but now I'm not going to go through the full thing. So I guess you got to tell me, um, yeah, we'll just talk about,
1: we'll talk about whatever you, whatever road we need to go down and then we can share it with people and awesome. I'll put your, I'll put your contact stuff too. And then they have questions they can get a hold of you. Good. You have your website in the bottom. That's perfect.
2: Okay. So I guess, I guess, I mean, one of the things you, you know, we were discussing before I came on was I guess my philosophy on youth development and stuff. Right. And for me, my philosophy can be summed up in three words, roots, not fruits. And it, it lines in with kind of how we're doing things here. Our job as coaches is to facilitate the garden, you know, is to facilitate the conditions for optimal growth. It's not to come in and say, well, we got to harvest X amount. It's to come in and say, well, I'll be doing a good job that, the plants are growing and are going to be sustainable over the long term. So right. my job is a gardener and I just got to create the optimal conditions so that all of my players will get to where they need to get to. Um, right. I think that's so a that's great, kind of like, philosophy.
1: I always tell people, when you plant a tree, it's not for you. It's for future generations. <laughs> like I'm like, I yep. put a go out in my front yard and put a seed in and plant a tree. I'm it's not for me. It's for my kids and my kids, kids. Cause yeah. you know, it, it's just going to grow, but it's not going to grow to where, you know, um so i think that's a great i think that's a great thing for like us as coaches too you know we're not going to see the 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 reaps of all our our stuff it's like as a teacher i'm not gonna you know i'm just trying to make the world a little bit better and then yeah i think that's great
2: no that's 100 it because you you do you just want to leave the world a little bit better than you found it and right that like that makes so much of a difference right yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, um, there's your meaning of life, yeah. kiddos. There's your meaning of life, kiddos. They always ask me.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's it's really interesting because uh, you know um, a lot of people forget about that. They don't, um, you know, they don't. They, they kind of want results and they kind of want wins. And uh, in terms of youth, hey, like, go that's... back to that
1: last screen because number one is a big kicker for me. Um, before we go right. on, I here's something that you can use that I always use with my youth coaches is I go, you yeah. do not want to be a kid's last coach like oh, that nice your, uh, yeah. that should be your that should be your goal in life and they go what do you mean i go that means they quit like now if you're if you're a high school coach i might be the kids last coach just cuz they might not be good enough to play anymore but under the yeah. age of 13 you should never be a kids last coach like cuz they're playing soccer baseball like whatever and if they give it up if they give soccer up because they're and they're 9 because of you, then that's a problem. Like, they shouldn't give up soccer Agreed. when you're nine. You should be playing as many sports as you can because you don't know what you want to be. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I just, I, that's I something I just have pounded into my youth program. to not be this yeah. kid's last basketball coach. I don't care what you I like you. that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to use that. Yeah, you, um, you, can, you can steal that.
2: Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of something I say to, to the coaches I work with. It's like, what impact are we having on these kids? And um, I spell impact a little bit different with the double T at oh, that's the end. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you right here. So the way I look at it is we've got seven, I guess, skill sets, and as coaches, we want to you know impart intelligence skills, mental skills, psychological, athletic, communication, technical, tactical. Uh, for me, just going back to what we talked about, we've no idea where a kid's going to end up if he quits soccer because he wants to go play basketball, if he quits basketball because he wants to go play volleyball whether he's going to decide or he or she's going to decide, I want to be a doctor or, you know what, I just want to play recreationally, whatever it might be. So with these skills, the first five are transferable skills. The technical and tactical skills are only applicable to basketball. Right. So if a kid decides to move on, then, well, as a coach, what have you done for him or her? So intelligence is kind of, I look at it and say that, well, that's creativity, that's problem solving, critical thinking, decision-making, those are those skills. Mental, your confidence, your commitment, your competitiveness, your composure. Right? So those are skills that need. I mean, we can say they're life skills, but those are, that's kind of how I break them down. Right. Psychological skills is your leadership, your emotional intelligence, your empathetic skills. right? So again, life skills. Athletic, your speed, agility, your coordination, your balance, all the regular stuff, um, athletic skills. Communication. And I think this is huge. I mean, especially in today's world. Uh, body language, verbal, nonverbal, tone of voice, dealing with confrontation, managing conflict. You know, uh, we could go down a, a rabbit hole with just communication skills. And the way I look at it is like, well, when I'm in a practice setting, am I just giving them technical, tactical skills or am I, you know, adding value and making an impact and giving them skills that can be transferred to other areas of their life, whether it's school, whether it's at home. Whether it's you know their studies, whatever it might be, so that's kind of how I look at it, and that's what I mean about roots, not fruits. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm being deliberate in, in sharing and facilitating their growth in more than just one way. Right. I think it's I, I, yeah. That's what I say.
1: I, I'm yeah. It's the teacher in me. So I've been a teacher for thirty years. I'm just uh, the, my the the court is just another classroom for me, and that and yeah. and everything I do, I want to do those first five. That's awesome. Okay, perfect.
2: Yeah. um, So, I mean, personal values as a coach, I think you need to know what you stand for. And, you know, once you know what you stand for, you'll know what is your DNA, which is you do not alter. So you're staying with it, you know? Um, and for me, those are it growth mindset. So I'm always trying to learn as a youth coach. You got to know what it is. Contribution, trying to give back, trying to serve others, being tough, which basically means being persistent. And yeah, I, you know,
1: I like what I like for toughness is I like grit. And I like grit because grit is the combination of passion and perseverance. Yeah. So because I I don't know if I was I don't remember who I was listening to. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, obviously because I do three podcasts, but I listen to a lot of them, too. But uh, someone was talking about if you have passion towards something, it's not work. Like, I don't really want to empty the dishwasher. I don't like emptying the dishwasher. There's no part of me that Mm -hmm. wants to do it. So I procrastinate and I don't do it, but things I like to do like this, I can get up the things that I want to do. So you got to yeah. find that passion and perseverance. Um, and that's yeah. where going back to what we were talking about before the age of 13, we need to let them find their passion. Like if we if we shut the door, you never know at nine, they might not like basketball, but at 11, they might, you don't. they're yeah. still trying to figure out the world and, you know,
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, we are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Whether well, mom yeah. and dad are going to yell at him, let alone, you know, I, I love that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 100%. Like you said, even even if a kid quits basketball for whatever reason at nine, but it was a positive, enjoyable experience, right. there's a chance he'll come back to it or she'll come back to it. So, right. you know, you, like you said, you don't want to be shutting the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then, I mean, obviously for me, my last uh, values. Being honest, it's integrity, doing the right thing, and just figuring out ways to do the right thing. Which, um, Coming back to what we just talked about, like dishwasher and podcasts, well, kids don't need to be motivated to play video games. Well, then, like, So that's why is that? And I'll try and learn and see why. And you've got, what was it, Fortnite? All of a sudden, every kid wanted to play Fortnite, <laughs> including NBA players. Well, what is it about that that gets kids staying up till 4 a.m. playing? Right. But we can't get them in the gym. So I think we can learn a little bit from that. And kind of what I kind of observed was the fact that, you know, they've got autonomy, they've got freedom. They can choose when to play. They they can uh, achieve competence. I mean, they start at an easy level and move up and they get a chance to play with their friends. Uh, but there's no standing around. There's no coaching interruptions. There's no standing on, you know, and, and they have that freedom. So I think we can learn from that by just kind of, you know, facilitating some of those skills, those uh, attributes, the autonomy, the dopamine hits, the, the freedom levels, and bringing it into uh sport. Now, not too much because obviously we are teaching discipline. We are teaching all the other stuff, but understanding that they are kids. Hey, go and, back to that,
1: go back to that previous one. So, yeah. so why do they do it? Um. So I, let's talk about how, how we can take the bas, the video game stuff and use it in basketball. I love that. Like, i i 100 i've never thought of this and that's why that's why i had you go back because this intrigues me it, it, it's yeah, no. true so
2: I'll, I'll jump on it and say just quick segue and come back into this um so if a kid for whatever reason shows up at one of our pro games so we've got this school night so this where kids from school is getting free so this kid has never played basketball nine or ten he comes in and he watches a game and he sees our guys you know shooting threes coming in and dunking it and It's exciting. The atmosphere is going crazy. People are shouting and, you know, the European atmosphere, it's crazy. So now he decides he wants to come play basketball. And then he joins a practice setting and the coach puts him in lines and is talking to them and telling them the entire time. And the last five minutes, the kid gets to play. Well, we hooked him with the pro game that he watched and now we're losing him. So for me, learning from video games is hook them and then keep them. So what we want to do is, especially early on when kids joining or the younger ages, we want to have a lot of games, and we can facilitate some of these skills through games. Um, Michael McKay, Canada Basketball, he calls it hiding the the spaghetti in the meatballs. I'm going to butcher that, but
1: no, I know what you're saying it's like you hire no, you hide, you hide like the broccoli inside the spaghetti or something. Exactly, something they yeah, don't exactly. want to eat. They don't want to eat their vegetables. They want to right. they want to eat their or or even a better one would be put your peas inside your brownie kind of thing. Cause they want the brownie. They don't want yes. the
2: peas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I agree. So we can do that, uh, through facil- you know, doing a lot of games. Uh, we allow children to experiment and fail without fear of criticism. So, uh, I've, I've noticed this about Spanish basketball. They actually encourage mistakes and that's something I've tried to embrace. I want my guys coming in and being ready to make at least two or three mistakes.
1: I So I always use the analogy with this when I, 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 we didn't have basketball camp this year, obviously. But um, I say uh, it's a growth mindset is where it's coming from. But it's more like um, I said, I live about three miles from the school. I go, okay, I live here. Do you think I can dribble this basketball home? And they all look at me like, well, yeah, probably. I go, I bet I can too. Am I a better dribbler when I do that? And they'll say, well, no, you just, dr-. I go, yeah, because I haven't, I haven't pushed my threshold. So I say, when we're doing all these drills at camp, I said, I want the ball bouncing all over because that means yeah. you're going to the window where you're not in the comfort zone. I said, I could literally walk and dribble basketball for 15, 15 miles until I got tired walking, not dribbling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to be a better dribbler because of that, because I haven't pushed. I want to push to the point of making mistakes. And we clap for mistakes and stuff. I mean, that, I want that. And I think that's, yeah. what you're, that's what you're
2: talking about. I love that. I love yeah, that. I mean, mistakes are good. Yeah. Um, and then with it, we'll try and give the kids some freedom of choice, whether it's, you know, what games we play at practice sometimes. And with the older kids, we'll let them choose what jerseys we wear. I mean, we've got uh, fortunately, we've got a couple of, you know, different colors. Uh, if we're on the road, we'll let them choose where to eat. You know, sometimes it's McDonald's and obviously it's not healthy. But if we're facilitating that autonomy, first, we'll give them the freedom, then we'll develop the mindset, you know, we're not going to do it every day, but then we'll, you know, is this healthy? And then we can facilitate a conversation out of that. Right. Um, We want to evaluate and show each child the progress they're making. So that's huge for us. We want to talk to the kid and make sure they understand it's about them. And obviously different kids will be at different levels in terms of that conversation. But we want to show each kid that we care about you as an individual and This is the progress you're making and here's how we can move to the next place. And, um, and all of that comes down to, you know, creating a safe environment where they feel that they're loved. They feel that they're engaged and they're constantly playing. That's what we try and do.
1: Okay. Um,
2: So, yeah. Um, I mean, this just kind of summarizes what we just talked about, but that last line, the more kids, the more that kids enjoy themselves, the more they'll play, the more they play, the better they'll play, the better they play, the harder they will work. So that's kind of, um, I'm flying through this, but there's no, a tree I love in China. This, this is like you know, long
1: this is going back to our tree analogy. So
2: yeah. yeah. So Chinese bamboo, there's no growth in the first four years. It doesn't break the ground. Then in the next five weeks it grows 80 feet plus. So that's just saying that, you know, even the first four years, even though it doesn't break the ground, farmers are still watering it, they're taking care of it, and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, there's growth. So we might not see results um and that's all right we might not see wins we might not see outcomes and that's okay let's keep facilitating let's keep developing our kids um just different analogy protein but you know it's the same thing uh you can't consume all the protein in the world you got to give the body the right amount of protein otherwise it's wasted so as a coach we don't want to give all the information we want to give them what they need to grow um i mean parent meetings we can
1: we don't need to talk about uh, that. We, we, we could do we could do a six hour podcast on parent meetings. Yes.
2: Yeah. And, and number five
1: um, is no, uh, I think oh. it's number five. Um, I think, and I'm just just because people are going to be listening. I think the key to parent meetings is or pa- parents is over communicate, over communicate, over communicate, over communicate, over communicate. Yeah. Like they just want to know what's going on. Most of them. Um, most of them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, like just briefly, even parents care about their kids as much as us as coaches they might not have the right information they might not see the bigger picture we care about so but they do care about their kids and they, they definitely want success for their child and then it's up to us to communicate how we're going to help them achieve that so it's they're not the bad guys I mean no sometimes they might act like it but they're not the bad guys
1: right and sometimes you can't be rational with irrational people either so I always yes. tell people that <laughs> yeah.
2: so don't take a <laughs> person point. that's what
1: I tell my I tell the coaches I said, I have my nephew here who's like who's like um 7 and I have my nephew visiting who's 7 and 2 and my daughter's like getting upset I go Emma stop you can't be rational with an irrational they're not rash he's not ra- he's yeah. tired he's not rational just let him go it's like you yeah. know don't take it personal it's just not that's just what it is but yeah yeah parents are very I mean, similar like, to a seven-year-old at times they need uh, to it, have. it's
2: yeah. well you're right in saying that i mean if a kid is throwing a tantrum you're not hardly going to rationalize it with them <laughs>
0: it's, you just let, <laughs> let them have the
1: tantrum it's the same thing with parents yeah. i've let more than a handful of parents just vent at me and it's like uh-huh I, I, they just want to be heard too yeah yes. yeah. yeah
2: um kind of developing youth. I mean, we're going through this. Yeah, this Team meetings. Um, so in a, in a, in a preseason team meeting, we'll introduce the staff, talk about logistics. We will discuss core values. That's really important for the teams to understand. We talk about standards. If it's an under 14 team plus, we'll probably let them, you know, come up with their own. Cause once they, you know, if they come up with it, they're probably going to buy in a lot more. We talk about expectations, you know, we discuss rotations. If we have 20 players, how are we are going to deal with it? If we have 12 players, how are we going to deal with it? We talk about communication policy. Like if you're not going to show up at practice, how, when, early, you should communicate that to coaches. Talk about, you know, events that are coming up, what the dress codes are, travel details, you know, playing philosophy, identity, roles. And I think the roles is huge because anytime somebody does not know what you expect from them they're not sure where they fit in in your plan in the team in the system they don't know where they're going so roles is huge and really. roles
1: is for for me even in, it, i think roles are important in the beginning of the season i think roles are important mid-season sometimes twice during the season that are yeah. important after the season to help them move forward i think all of that is important before we do that but because i want to talk about number one is how do you yeah. go about hiring what's your standard for hiring and how do you do that
2: okay Coaches. So with, the, with, with this program, it's, it's, it's very different with Swans where there's two professional coaches in the club and that's myself and our Bundesliga pro coach and okay. everybody else is a volunteer. So that hiring process of coaching is, you know, so we try and obviously look at players who are coming to the end of their careers or players who've stopped playing for a while, have kids. We look at teachers in the schools. We communicate with them our vision. At least this is what we're doing this season. We're communicating with them. This is our vision. This is where we want to go. This is our player pathway. This is how we're going to develop players. This is what we stand for. Would you be interested in coming in and helping us out? So we're trying to cast a wide net at parents at volunteers, at school teachers, former players, current players who are coming to the end of their career just to try and get some. Because actually just between, you know, obviously on the podcast, we're not sure if we have enough coaches for next season. And if we're not sure if we have enough coaches for next season, then we can't be picky. But what we can do is once we've hired coaches or brought in coaches, we need to develop and invest in them. And my philosophy as well is the the number one thing we need to do for player development is develop your coaches.
1: I agree. So, I, agree. Um, I think people don't so, do that. I think people spend a lot of time on all the stuff we're talking about. Yeah. And don't spend as much time. I mean – the world is run by people at this point. Yeah. AI hasn't taken over yet, so yeah. uh, I'm just saying. I think you got to invest in. I mean, all the all the back all the um, behind the scenes stuff is important to put on yeah. the musical Hamilton. I get it, but what's really important is the people singing the songs out in the front. So yeah. um, you've got to invest in them. Um, if as much, if not more than what's behind the scenes, I agree. Um, I think people forget oh, that a lot of coaches forget youth coaches. Forget oh no, that.
2: That, that's huge for us. I mean, we are trying to make sure that we're deliberate in terms of how we develop our coaches. We've actually done something this season, the season that's coming. We obviously have our national governing bodies coaching qualification. You know, you've got your A license, B license, C license, but we're developing an in-house coaching pathway so that our coaches coming in, have are here and this is kind of what we need you to learn here but as we go through over the years we're going to help you get to the next stage as we define coaching development um so i don't know if that's a good thing or not but we definitely want to develop our coaches that's huge for us Um, yeah so uh I'll, i'll tell you one thing though um i i was a couple of years ago i went for an interview uh with the basketball academy in england uh kent crusaders and they had by far the the best coaching hiring process that I'd seen. I'm not sure if they still do this. They flew me in and what they had me do is do a technical, teach a technical skill session with actual, you know, their players. Uh, It was a 45 minute. Then they had me teach a separate tactical skill session. Then they had me give film breakdown to their players. And then we had an, an interview with myself and four of their members. And I thought, from a professionalism or from a holistic point of view, to see how, all right, how does he coach? What does he coach? How does he do this? You know, I thought it was really good, cool that they they went through the full spectrum. It's not just all right. Here's a resume. Here's what we do. No, they went through the full spectrum, which I thought was really cool.
1: Right. Um, oh, I think that's like, yeah, because you're becoming part of a family per se. You want to make sure you before you let them in. Yeah, I love that. And you
2: got to keep the standards and culture up. So that's, yeah. Um, Practice planning. I I guess we're in a stage right now where most coaches will, I'm not sure if most, but most coaches that I've worked with here will tell you that they've got a practice plan in their head. I'm the type of person that I want something on paper. I need something to be able to see and reflect on. So I think practice planning, there's a couple of things that I try and do pre-practice thoughts, which kind of remind me of where I'm at mind candy, which translates to the, Life skills. I try and highlight a point of emphasis that we're doing. Um, so, point of emphasis terms. is
1: like we're going to work on boxing out. We're going to work on crashing the board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: We're going to have two emphasis for the day. We'll try and you know. So, all our drills, all our games are going to have like this is our emphasis. We got to make sure we do this right. Um, okay. Uh, daily drills. So I'll pick. Uh, I'll just see if I can do. Well, it what here. about
1: power of terms? Is that like oh. definitions
2: that you need to talk about? That's almost like so. I've seen coaches explain the drill every single time they do it. Well, no, if we say, I mean, if we say we're going to do a three v three cutthroat, the guys should know by the third time what it is. So we're not explaining it. And this allows the guys to get into it really quickly. Yeah. We so, have to explain- yeah I just did. I
1: just did a thing about like um, a podcast about the three keys to a good practice are time. Cause I like to be, you know, I, I hate long practices. If you don't need them, pace. Mm-hmm. How, how quickly you can move from one thing to the next and flow. Um, yeah. I think those three things, but I do, I, what I've done recently is I, I, I do my talk and walks or walk and talks, whichever way you want to talk about it, it early in practice, before practice starts. Like, so I hate, I hate taking, I hate messing the flow of a practice and explaining the three by three drill. Like we did it at the beginning. If you don't know, step off and ask a friend because the ones that were getting it and it helps because think about the flow of a basketball game, right? The flow of a basketball game is just, it's constant. It's not like it's not Stop, stop, stop. And I try to use the 90 10 rule where they're doing stuff 90% and I'm coaching 10. Like when we're doing drills and stuff, because here's my theory with the 90 10, if I put it at 90 10, I'm going to actually end up at 80 20, which I I can, which I can live with. I can live with 80 20 but I don't want me stopping a drill and saying something 30 seconds later, stop the drill. Another person jumps in It messes the flow and the pace. Um, And pace does effort effort. You know, there's this correlation that goes all the way through. Um, Yeah. I I love that. I love power. I love getting that power terms or the walk or the talk out fast, like get it out of the way. 100%.
2: Yeah. I think your point about flow is, is, is on point because yeah, I've seen, I've seen it that, You know, either long-term coaches or new coaches, they will want to explain everything. They want to be involved. And the 9 to 10, I like it because it's like you have to remove yourself. Right. Plus, if you remove yourself, they will communicate to each other. Now you're developing communication and leadership.
1: Right. No, I love that. Okay, so keep going through these because this really intrigues me because this is what I've been – I've been doing deep dives on practice planning over the last couple months. So
2: so daily drills, those are the kind of stuff. uh, Let me see if I can do this. Um, Maybe I can't. um, I'll, yeah. so if I'm you have to,
1: if you have that practice thing, I'll have you send that too because then they can cool. zoom in and look at it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'll have a list of uh about ten to twelve daily drills that I want to do. Now, I'll pick three or four of these to do in the practice session. I will not go through all of them, but right. these are things I want to do every every practice to emphasize or our standard or our culture or our identity, whichever way you want to call it. So if last season we'll go for example with transition defensive team hey everybody if you like the podcast make sure you subscribe like leave a review
1: jump up and down run around your house whatever you need to do also go over and check out com for coaches who want to get better have a great day
0: sports social podcast network it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper